Come on in for episode seven. How did we do this? How did we reach episode seven? I think we're in a parallel universe or something, but here we are. Radio Owl's Nest, episode seven. So let's get going. Make sure you've got a nice cup of tea at hand and make sure that you're in the hibernating mood. Uh, You're ready for an hour's worth of uh, music, um, lots of rubbish coming out of my mouth and lots of nods and sods. It's quite fun actually doing a, I suppose you'd call it a songwriter's podcast. I hope in the following hour I impart some wisdom, some gems and I'm hope, hopefully if there's any songwriters out there or musicians, they get a bit of a benefit from this show. I I hope they do anyway. Who can tell? Probably not. But anyway, that's not going to stop me. We're going to keep rolling on. And let's start the show with something that's got a bit of vibe and a bit of fire in it. I'm going to play you a track called The Washing of the Heart. That comes from an album of mine called A Temper of Peace. Um, The inspiration behind this song, I suppose, was I was reading a lot about Egyptology and how that the Egyptians, when somebody died, they would weigh the heart and make a decision if the heart or the person had been good and if they were going to go up to a good place or down to a nasty place. And I thought, the weighing of the heart, ah, why not the washing of the heart? Um, Just sounded to sing better. And I thought that's something we could all do with, but we need to um, sometimes cleanse ourselves to start all over again. That's basically where this song came from. On the album, it's joined to a track called Halo, and this track fades out of it. But here is the version of washing of the heart on its own, in its own austerity. So here is the washing of the heart.
Well, there we are. Um, the Washing of the Heart. That came from uh, my solo album, A Temper of Peace. Uh, that got me going. If only we had a camera in here. Yes, I was booging like a madman. Uh, I remember when I wrote this song that I was going through that period when you realise your age is up there and that well, most of the songs you're writing are mid-tempo. I went to a concert of all these old 80s bands because, as you probably know, I was one of those 80s bands, um, Dancing in Heaven Q feel. And um, I was quite inspired because these guys were still pushing it and going for it. Then on came uh, Wang Chung, and they played their hits, and it was my good friend Jack Hughes. And I started to feel like, hmm, there's life in the old body. There's blood pumping. So I came straight back to my home studio and I washed the heart. And that's where how you got this song actually um, pulsing along. And uh, it was great to play the bass on this. Great to get funky. Great to do all that stuff that we used to do. The heart was pumping, the blood was pumping, and the heart was washed. Oh, that's a sound I actually quite like. I've got used to it. It's the opening of the vault. Uh, We walk down the steps into the archives, push away all the tarantulas, all the dust, all the uh, ghosts move away, and we find a song from the past. Well, this is quite an interesting track because it's not, it's from the past, but it's also not from the past. Baffled, eh? Baffled. Um, This is a song called Each Man Kills the Thing He Loves. I have this thing for long titles, don't I? Um, And I wrote this a long time ago, but then I remixed it recently and remastered it because I want to put it out. Um, And it's a song that I believe appeared uh, as a B-side in Germany to a song of mine called Put On Your Red Dress. I think that it did do that. I'm not absolutely sure, so don't take that to the bank. But this song um, was inspired by uh, Oscar Wilde. And you'll find some lyrics here that uh, talk about my hometown, a place called Northam in Southampton. And uh, it's a bit of a broken heart story. But here it is, refurbished and all shiny. Here it is, a song called Each Man Kills the Thing He Loves. Each man kills the thing 
there's a rarity um a song called each man kills the thing he loves and yes we do tend to do that don't we um uh, just a little fact here that's jack hughes who we mentioned earlier in the show you know when i saw him play with wang chung in that 80s thing he dropped by my house and played guitar on that track lucky me here are true facts about the owl. The owl is a specialized hunting machine. Its talons are zygodactyl, two in front, two in back, and their grip is the strongest of the raptors. 500 pounds per square inch, eight times stronger than the human. So let that be a warning. You never want to tangle with an owl head because they are particularly ferocious music lovers. Here's a 16-track demo from 1989. I wonder if you can remember the song. Uh, it went top 12 pop when it was recorded by a famous band, and it went top 5 rock charts as well. So, you owlheads, let's see if you can remember this one. Come 
I wrote that with Tommy Funderburg, and uh, if you guessed it's not enough, you're absolutely right. Uh, lucky to meet with Tommy when I first came into LA as a songwriter. He's a wonderful, wonderful singer, and he was doing a lot of sessions, and I tended to be writing songs that he was singing on. So we became friends, and we said, let's uh, get together and write some songs. And Tommy came over to my 16-track studio. It was an Atari 16-track we recorded on. I had this beginning of an idea. Tommy jumped in, and uh, there was the track. And it was that era of long hair, Long hair and MTV and uh, White Snake and I don't know, I don't know all those bands like Heart, White Snake and Starship. I suppose all those bands that were um, had lots of long hair. That's all I can really think. And this seemed to have that uh, Def Leppard thing going on, didn't it? I should have said Def Leppard. Anyway, um, a lot of people loved this song straight away. We we shopped it on a cassette around town. And uh, we got an incredible response. But eventually, Mike Shipley, that uh, good friend of mine, an engineer who worked on my Q-Field stuff and did my In the House of Stone and Light, he was going to be producing Starship. Um, I think Mickey Thomas, who's been a great, great supporter of my music over the years, he uh, fell in love with the song. Mike Shipley was produced it with um, Larry Klein, that incredible bass player known for all his uh, wonderful work with Joni Mitchell. So Mike and Larry produced it, and Tommy, as he tended to do when I wrote these songs with him, uh, went along to the session and did all the backing vocals, actually, with Mickey Thomas on the actual record. And it took off as a rock record, and that was the time of big hair. Let's say that again with echo. Big hair. One more time, everybody. Big hair. Excellent job, everybody. Excellent, excellent job, everybody. Excellent job on the big hair. Now, the opposite to big hair is no hair. Um, and uh, I grew up in England, and during the 70s, uh, skinheads and smoothies, they were called. Um, reggae was the big music, and I love reggae. So what do you think if we have a spot of no hair reggae? That seems to have excited all the bold heads out there. Um, this is a rare demo. It hasn't been heard by the masses before, and I wrote it in the 90s, so it's really coming from... <laughs> Thank you, Igor. He doesn't have any hair, and so he's into this. This is coming from The Vault, a rare song called Cup of Tea. Very English. It's how an Englishman would see a cup of tea relating to a beautiful woman. Say no more. I'm not afraid to 
jazzy kind of reggae thing going on there a uh, song called cup of tea um, if i had to choose between a beautiful woman and a lovely uh, cup of tea mm, mm, difficult question that one uh that was a demo from the 90s i can remember uh, i'm you know i'm an addict of those musicians like todd rungren and paul mccartney and stevie wonder when they made those albums and they played all the instruments themselves so all of the songs, most of the songs, actually all of the songs you hear, it's me doing all the music. I tend to love, you know, programming the drums and emulating what I think is a mini record. It's always been my style. Um, anyway, that's going back into the archives to a 90s demo. Nobody's heard before, but they have now because it's out there. And I'm sure bold people are still bopping up and down. That's a song called Cup of Tea. Well, the time uh, marker on my Pro Tools here um, in the Radio Owl's Nest says it's 27 minutes, 32, 33, 34, 35, 36 seconds going on here. So it must be time for the incredible, universally loved quiz. Um, Actually, I'm not sure if any of you are into this quiz, but I'm still going to do it because I'm a routine kind of man. Uh, You know the rules, so let's get straight to it. Uh, 50 points for the first question and 50 points for the second question. So question number one. My song, Me Morena, uh, said with an English accent, Me Morena, um, who was the poet that inspired that song? When I wrote Me Morena, I was reading a wonderful poet, and I wonder if you know who that poet is. Okay, all you wise owls out there. Question number two, quite a fun question, really. In 2018, I had a number one Christmas song in England, and that's a big deal if you're English. Um, A number one song in England Christmas is as important as the Queen's speech. But I want to know who was the YouTube celebrity who recorded that song? Who was the artist come YouTube celebrity that recorded We Built This City in 2018 and made it an English Christmas number one? 
Quite funny, recently I just saw a YouTube video of this a person, this artist, that recorded We Built This City. That person was asked if that person had spoken to the actual writer of We Built This City. And the response was, I think he's an old man living in L.A., an old geezer living in Los Angeles. And I just had to agree. No respect, no respect for their elders. Well, I'd like to play you now a brand new spanking new song, uh, a song called I Rock My Child. If you get a chance, listen to the lyrics in the verses. Um, it's basically a story about through it all and uh, from time memorial, man's always been at war, that really the parents always put their child first in every situation. The song is written really through the eyes of the parents, um, shielding and sheltering their child. First verse actually goes right back to when man was um, basically in caves and in uh, the tribes. And again, the parent would be guarding against the threatening world outside. Second verse, I fell into a story about the Civil War. And the last verse is a bit... Um, pessimistic i suppose the end of times and the global warming and still man would be east and west may still be fighting but the parents all they can think about is sheltering their child and rocking their child to sleep so i've told you all about it no need to play it <laughs> here we go here's a new song i rock my child
child a brand new little tune there listen to the bass here here we go ah melodic bass i did enjoy looking for those notes um i rock my child it's funny as a songwriter you get inspiration from absolutely everywhere i was looking at um, a painting um, a beautiful latin painting and it was called i rock my child and it had a picture of a woman cradling a baby but in a very abstract way and i thought mm, what a fantastic image and what a pretty cool title um and that leads me on to my next song um i um wrote a song called uh, Think of Me When You Dance, uh, and it came out in my 2012 album, A Temper of Peace, and also, again, on a compilation of mine, Love Songs, The Slender Sadness. Now, as I just said, songwriters get their inspiration from anywhere. I went to Starbucks one day and um, bought a cup of coffee. After drinking it, I needed to wee, I needed to hit the toilet real quick, went into the toilet, put the cup of coffee on the side table, and there as I was holding my pride and joy in my hand, I looked over at my cup of coffee, and as you know on the Starbucks cups, they sometimes write some wording and some phrasing, and they try to motivate you, and there it was, staring me as I was holding my pride and joy. There it was, the title, Think of Me When You Dance. So... After uh, putting my pride and joy back into pride and joy place, I thought I'm going to write a song about that. And so a love song appeared. I hope I haven't spoilt any of your images about this song. Think of me when you dance. It only goes to show that songwriters can get great ideas from anywhere, even lavatories. Uh, that wasn't a very good intro. I think I better stop now. Here we go. Think of me when you dance. May your heart become strong Through the days and nights that I'm gone May your light still shine in your eyes Every 
think of that song the same after uh, my intro to it probably not but uh, I do remember that uh, I played this song to Robbie Williams uh, and he loved the melody and every time I came up to his house to see him and to play soccer he used to sing that melody at me so I thought it must be a pretty good chorus melody there we go think of me when you dance It does sound appropriate to have military drums playing uh, just before I play you this rather rare song. This is a uh, demo, again from probably the um, mid-90s. I was on the road, on tour, and I was looking for extra songs, extra material to fill out the set. 
There was always that chance we'd get an encore. Not much of a chance, but there was always that chance. I realised I had a song called Native Son, the story of a soldier coming back from war um, and uh, dealing with what he'd done and what he'd seen. It was a perfect song for my drummer on the road at that time, Moist Lucas, superb rhythm man, to do a solo um, based around the rhythm of this song. So fond memories again of uh, playing this song on the road. Here's the demo, Native Son.
That was always vibey uh, playing that track live because uh, we rehearsed it very roughly and every night we played it, it was a little bit different, a little bit worse, a little bit better, but it was always very, very experimental and live. And of course, as I said, Moist Lucas, uh, when his solo came, he really incorporated a lot of, um, in a way, the Irish Gaelic feel that I was trying to incorporate in the demo. His drum solo, yes, it's still beating through my chest. I can still um, remember standing on the side stage watching him play and thinking, how the hell do I go back on stage and follow that? That's Native Son, a demo from the 90s. The Call of the Wild, the sound of the owl heads. Uh, it's actually a perfect sound and a perfect intro, I think, to a song you've already heard in today's show, but you probably can't work out what song that is. Why would I play a song twice? Why? Why would I do that? Probably because I'm running out of material. No, but uh, <laughs> that could be true. Um, there's a track that I play underneath the quiz. And that track is called The Hawks of May. Um, I thought it would be great to actually uh, let you hear the track without me rambling and uh, asking questions on top of it. Uh, This song was uh, on my instrumental album, um, uh, The Amber of Memory. And uh, it seemed to be the right kind of piece to put in the distance behind the quiz when I ask all those crazy questions to the owls out there. But The Hawks of May, uh, my vibe for it really was... um, that the birds in the trees were looking down on mankind. Doesn't that sound deep? I'm such a deep songwriter. But I did have that feeling that nature could see armies coming together and see humanity moving beneath it in crazy waves and seeing the good things and seeing the bad things from a huge distance. So that's the vibe behind the Hawks of May. And also, I remember when I went to a Peter Gabriel concert uh, a few years back that he finished his show, I think, with a track called, an ambient track called uh, Nest in the Sky, something like that. And I thought, this is really quite beautiful. And that's how he finished. He just let that music play as everybody walked out of the um, arena. I thought, what a cool idea. And it really was put everybody into a very, very um, relaxed place after such excitement. And I think it brought everybody into quite a beautiful place, actually. So let's play The Hawks of May. And this is what you hear behind Mr. Page's quiz.
drifting off I'm feeling really mellow it's like meditating and I'm really not meditating I'm asleep but um, somebody just prodded me and I'm back you've been listening to the Hawks of May and that's from my 2018 instrumental ambient album the amber of memory visions of nature up there in the trees looking down on the madness of humanity I told you I'm a deep songwriter. Still recovering from my art college days um, when we used to be in the in the wreck of the old art college and listening to Tangerine Dream. And uh, although I was into pop and all that kind of stuff around that time, I think 70s, there were the Harrys. The Harrys there. We did mention long hair earlier. Whether the Harrys in the art college and that's what they were listening to. Lots and lots of Tangerine Dream. Whole sides of albums of that. Um... Didn't appreciate it then, but now I do appreciate it. And there's the bell to knock me out of my slumber. But I'm still going to keep in this quite 
intellectual phase. It's time for Quote of the Day. That time when you look at me with open eyes and go, My God, I really needed to know that. So, here is Quote of the Day. And it comes from Rainer Mariah Rilke. I hold this to be the highest for a bond between two people that each protects the solitude of the other. Like that, we've got to give each other space, haven't we? If we love somebody, we've got to give them space and freedom. Thank you, Reiner. There it is, the wonderful, comforting sound of the kettle boiling. Tea is nearly ready, and that signifies it's the end of episode seven. And we haven't been stopped by the authorities yet, but it's early days. Um, It only remains for me to say that um, I hope you enjoyed a lot of what you heard today. I hope you liked all the music uh, or enjoyed some of it. And if you did enjoy some of it, um, please go to CD Baby. That's where all my solo albums reside. And uh, you can download my tracks at iTunes, Amazon, Google, Spotify, all those internet sites. Um, And if you did enjoy the show, tell somebody else we need more owl heads involved thank you guys for listening to the show and uh, i just want to say if you can look out for those animals out there you know that i've got a a big soft spot for the uh, wild nation Um, let's try and bring home some animals from the shelter and bring them into your family we uh, do have the dominion over these creatures and it is our job to be compassionate lots of love and look after yourselves until i see you again in the owl's nest. <laughs> <laughs>